Hang on a second. I think a little bit shit and did not cover it up. <laughs> Ow. God bless America. Jesus Christ. tuning into Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwearePod. You can find the <laughs> podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my uh, extremely high energy co-host, August. Yeah, I'm August. I'm trying to pretend to be high energy because I'm really not high energy, but I'm I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to do it. My pronouns are they them and you can find me on the internet at Harpydora in a lot of places. Mostly Twitter. Um, let's see. Is there any cartoon news, August? Um Uh they canceled Cowboy Bebop. They did. Yep. Uh, didn't even try to give it a second season. Yep. Uh, I've heard some distressing stuff about people bullying the actors and shit like that, which just brings back the the specter of, what was it, 2016 Ghostbusters? You know, yeah. with the ladies. That was really good. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I've seen some valid criticism of the live action Cowboy Bebop, but a lot of the hatred that I've seen about it is really just seems like anime fans being butthurt. Yeah, like, you can not like a thing. That's fine. Like, you don't have to love everything. Or, frankly, like, not be critical of, of a thing that you don't like. Um, like, it, it's it's chill to, to, like, not like shit. But, like, I, I it must have been done terrible numbers. Uh, for Netflix to not renew it. <laughs> like, I I wish Netflix would publish their numbers so nope. you could figure out why things do what things do. Nope. Why would they do that? Nah. They're just going to tell me that somehow that middle, like, middle-of-the-road-ass fucking movie starring The Rock and Ryan Reynolds is the most popular thing in the world, but no second season of Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So, well, that's dead, I guess. Yep. Good job. I wonder if Netflix will do any more live-action animation, because, like, their Death Note didn't work out great. This didn't work out great. Oh, isn't there a live-action Gundam coming from... (sighs) There's some live-action Gundam movie coming from somebody I hate. Uh, It wouldn't surprise me if there were. Let's see. Uh, live action Gundam movie for Netflix. Happening all year. Da, 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 da. Ah, yes, it's being uh, Brian K. Vaughn. 
boy. Yeah. No, wait. This can't be the right Brian Cave on. Oh, wait, wait. Uh, Jordan Voigt Roberts? Brian K. Vaughn, I know, because Brian K. Vaughn wrote, um, fucking, uh, Saga, which is, is good. This article that I'm reading that's giving me this information at one point calls, calls the franchise Metal Suit Gundam. Uh, oh, boy. Although, I don't know, like, a Metal Gear mobile suit mashup. Well, here's, fu- here's fun. Jordan Voigt-Roberts is also theoretically directing the Metal Gear Solid movie. Hmm. Did you see Kong Skull Island? He directed Kong Skull Island. No, I gave that one a hard pass. I don't know. It's one of those, th- like, I, I'm sure it will be perfect, perfectly cromulent. Like, <laughs> uh... It'll probably be fine. Uh, I he just does not strike me as a director who I would pick to to helm two uh, dense socio political properties such as Mobile Suit Gundam and Metal Gear Solid. Like, but yeah, this is I don't know. I would have picked a, a director who like I don't know can do has a proven track record of doing that and also like big effects budget movie i mean kong skull island doesn't look bad yeah but like kong skull island is like decidedly just like a 70s style monster movie which is fine but like isn't mobile suit gundam isn't metal gear solid two shows that feature big robots and are certainly not really well okay Gundam is sort of about big robots. It's like not not about big robots, yeah. but I'm just feel like we're going to get the wow cool robot version of both properties. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to Metal Gear Solid, like a good 40% of that is also wow, look at this cool gun. Yeah. It's true. I I feel like there will probably be less, like, honestly, there will probably be, like, weird, less weird military fanboyism in an an adaptation of Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, Um, which is weird. It's weird to imagine a a Metal Gear Solid without that, though, because it's like, I don't know, that's part of the charm is just the, the... the juxtaposition of the the military fanboyism combined with the you know very clear anti-military message right like Hideo Kojima is war is bad but <laughs> look at this cool gun yeah yeah um so so yeah may, maybe Maybe, just maybe, the Netflix Gundam movie will happen. People will fucking hate it, and then the Metal Gear Solid movie will get canned. Even though I do like their casting, they cast Oscar Isaacs is theoretically going to be Solid Snake. Mm-hmm. But, if we can just live in a world where I don't get a shitty Metal Gear Solid movie, that would be great. Yeah. 
We already have a great number of Metal Gear Solid movies. They're every Metal Gear Solid game. Anyway, yep. have you have you watched any cartoons, Brian? Oh, you've turned the tables on me, August. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. What have I watched? Oh, I've watched so many, so many things. Um, I watched Eyepatch Wolf's video on... Uh, what you call it? On um, Garfield. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, descends into some horrific areas of the internet. It's good. Uh-huh. Um... Let's see, I've continued to watch Young Justice. A lot of people aren't liking this season. I really like this season. It's probably because this season is slower than fuck. Mm. Uh, and I love that shit. <laughs> I love superhero shows that go nowhere, apparently. That's fair. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Hawkeye is continues to be pretty okay. Um, I like new Kate Bishop just fine. We got a big, uh, we got a big reveal this week. Uh, I guess skip ahead 14 seconds. Uh, not really skip ahead like three minutes or whatever. If you don't want Hawkeye spoilers by no August does not care. Yep. Uh, uh, we got confirmation that Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin is now in the MCU for real, real. Hell Yeah. And apparently, uh, Matt, Maddie Murdock is going to be, is in No Way Home. Um, so, you know so, what I'm pissed about with the, uh, with, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin? What? I'm pissed that, like, the Netflix dump everything and everybody binges everything model mm -hmm. robbed us of so much good fic between his bodyguard and Kingpin because oh. of the fact that the bodyguard dies. I'm presuming nobody wanted to be invested in that fic, but we could have had so much good fic, but Netflix robbed us of that. It's true. And they've stopped doing that with a lot of shows. Like they released Arcane three episodes at a time when Arcane dropped on Netflix. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, also, like the, the Netflix Daredevil was not like a show that was really great at binging. <laughs> like it was not really designed with bingeability in mind. None of the Netflix Marvel shows were. I don't know. Like I I binged Daredevil in the course of like a week. I think it. I think you can't, but I don't think it's, like, great at that format. <laughs> it definitely like, would have been better served by being weekly. Yeah. That um, first season of Daredevil uh, is incredibly bingeable because it's incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but you, you see the cracks when you get into other, like, you can't, I can't understand how you could binge Jessica Jones, even though I did it. I, uh, it just makes you feel like shit because that show's a real heavy show. I, I couldn't even. I got to, like, episode two, and it's just, like, it was too real. I couldn't watch it. I just, That's fair. I absolutely couldn't put myself through that. So the the concept of somebody binging that is just absolutely alien to me. Brian, you are an alien. <laughs> I, I am unstoppable as a person who, like... Uh, fed, like have fed themselves a diet of extremely challenging media for like a long time in college. That's fair. I mean, there's nothing wrong with challenging media. There's just everything wrong with like 
trying to watch media that is detrimental to your mental mental health which is what Jessica Jones was Jessica Jones was at the time yeah no that's fair totally fair um I guess that's it I learned an interesting fact mm-hmm uh, so I was recommended this video by this YouTuber about gay cartoons. And I'm like, oh, yeah, gay cartoons, cartoons in the gay world. A, uh, I don't like he's only recently started doing long form, uh, long form uh, video essays. Apparently he did uh, claymation beforehand. So like it also has like That's- 160 followers. So like is smaller is it is. Only slightly bigger than us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but, uh, and it was a fine enough video. It was, it was, it was fine. It could have had like a little bit more nuance to it. It was really more of like this, the history of gay things and cartoons. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't get a li- get, didn't get quite as deep onto like how rough it is to do th- that and to be like the people who took those first steps in that animation world. Um, but nonetheless, I found out a very interesting thing. Uh, I think Rebecca Sugar is single-handedly responsible for, like, the proliferation of queer characters in, um, Western cartoons, uh, maybe single-handedly. Uh, Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the very first episode of Adventure Time, uh, what was the name of that episode? It was like, um missing thing the the one where like the very first episode where you're like wait did something go on between marcy and pb mm-hmm. would you like to know who uh who was one of the writers on that episode gee i wonder <laughs> um and it, it came out a full year before the legend of Korra even premiered mm-hmm. i didn't know that so fucking incredible jesus jesus rebecca like there's some stumble, there's some lots of stumbles and lots of hurdles, and not everything was perfect. But Rebecca Sugar out here just <laughs> getting in the goddamn shit for cartoons. Yep. Along with quite a number of other people, there there are other writers. Um, and the invent, I mean, realistically, Adventure Time is the most important, probably the most important cartoon in the last decade when it comes to like the renaissance of Western animation. I feel like. Yeah, no, I I tend to agree. It spawned a lot of careers. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the people who came out of the Adventure Time writers' room went on to have their own shows at Cartoon Network, so mm-hmm. or and abroad. So, and I don't feel like you have show like people who grew up on Adventure Time are now writing are now writing cartoons. Like, you don't get Noelle Stevenses and Danica's and um, all the other folks, especially over in the Disney camp, without, like, them watching Adventure Time and being like, holy shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where I'm at, I guess. We oh. got... Two episodes this week, motherfuckers. It's the last two episodes. This is the last season three episode. Woo! 
We're following Back to the Moon and Bubbled. Uh, much like last week, I'm just going to read the descriptions of both uh, episodes because they 100, 100%, 100% uh -huh. uh, flow into each other. Uh, Back to the Moon is the 102nd episode of Steven Universe. Uh, it was written by Lamar Abrams and Kit Katie Mitroff. Uh, and uh, Bubbled uh, is the 103rd episode and was written by Colin Howard and Jeff Liu. Uh, <laughs> Official synopsis for Back to the Moon. Steven and the Gems revisit the moon base. I mean, I guess. They do do that. that you can't just state things. I mean, I guess. Oh, geez. Anyways. I, what about Steven uh, Amethyst uh, and Peridot return to the barn. Basically, we pick up where we left off last time uh, with all the rubies floating there. Um... Lapis has trapped them, and Steven goes through and talks about uh, how he's named all of them. Leggy, Army, Navy, Eyeball, and Doc. I don't quite understand why Doc is called Doc. Let's click this link real quick. I forgot to look it up ahead of time. Da -da 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 -da. Is Doc some kind of reference? Oh, okay. It's apparently a reference to Snow White and Seven, Seven Dwarves. Oh. Yeah. That makes sense. Anyways, um, they start to question the rubies one by one, uh, all the way up until Doc. Uh, basically, all the rubies are useless when it comes to information. Either they're too shy, uh, too adorable, or too murderous to give any sort of information to the gems. Um, finally, they realize that the rubies are there. They're looking for Jasper. Uh, right as the rubies are about to retaliate and fight uh, the crystal gems again, Amethyst shows up, transformed into Jasper, pretending to be Jasper. Pearl is like, this is never going to work. It works without a, f without a hitch. Because uh, the rubies, they're, they're, they are lovably not good at their jobs. Um... And, uh, Jasper slash Amethyst, uh, tells them that, oh, no, I can't go back to di the Diamond Homeworld with you. I've got to stay here on Earth to protect these prisoners, the Crystal Gems. And they're like, how fucking brave of you, Jasper. Oh, my God. Uh, and they're like, we've got to go to the moon base, uh, to file a report to tell Yellow Diamond about this. Um... So they decide to head to the moon. Uh, everybody's a little uh, concerned that Amethyst is going to be able to hold this form the entire time. Uh, they get onto the ship. Pearl, is, everybody overacts about how they've been captured by, by Jasper. We find out that literally every one of the rubies are, are just unbelievably, uncontrollably, and uselessly gay for Jasper. Uh, we get to the moon uh, and disembark and eyeball... Uh, in particular, notices the mural of uh, Pink Diamond that's on the wall in the moon base. And we find out that Eyeball, and I guess not any of the other rubies, but Eyeball in particular, fought in the War for Earth uh, and begins to recount what happened to Pink Diamond. Uh, 
long story short, Rose shattered Pink Diamond. This is a revelation to Steven, but seemingly not to the other Crystal Gems. Um, Steven is upset by this, uh, saying this can't be true, though the looks on the gems kind of confirms that it is. Um, the Rubies discover that the communication pad has been uh, destroyed, happened previously when we were on the moon base. And they're like, oh, well, we've got to go back to Homeworld. Amethyst is like, I can't go back to Homeworld. You, Eyeball, you know me. Uh, you can do this for me, can't you? And they're like, yeah, we can do that for you, Jasper. You're so fucking cool. Um, so the Rubies board their ship. Amethyst uh, de-transforms. Steven begins to contemplate the, the pink diamond mural. When Doc pops back out of the, uh, the ship asking if Jasper wants a ride, only to discover the ruse. The rubies, they're so mad uh, at being tricked again. They form up into Mega Ruby, and they're about to fight the Crystal Gems when Steven is like, hey, if you're going to fight, take it outside, uh, and slams the door control, sucking them out into space. Uh, they resist initially until, um, uh, oh, what's her name? Um, 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 Sardonyx. Uh, whaps them in the tummy with a big hammer, defusing them, and as they're all sucked out into space, I believe it's Eyeball who grabs onto Steven uh, and whacks him out into the cold vacuum of literal, actual space. Starwipe the end. Yep. 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 Uh, picking up with Bubbled, the official synopsis, uh, uh, Steven is marooned in his bubble. It's true. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Not the yeah. best, but certainly not the worst. So the o episode opens and Steven is marooned in his bubble. Um, <laughs> he sees the other uh, rubies uh, floating away until he swaps into Eyeball. Uh, eyeball, I guess there's some level of gravitational pull to... I I, I guess the, the gems can, like, direct their form. We learned on the moon base, right? the first time we were there. So maybe that's why eyeball can stand on the outside of the bubble. Who cares? No one does. Uh, they begin arguing, uh, and finally they just get kind of get mad at each other and huff into silence. Uh, eyeball, uh, after a little while begins to monologue about her initial disbelief, disbelief about the rumors that uh, the crystal gems were on earth and that Rose quartz might still be alive after all of these years. Uh, she wanted to go see for herself because that had to be the only reason why somebody as important as Jasper would be uh, back on Earth. Some, they were looking for closure. She just wanted to see Rose Quartz with her own to her own eye. Um, Steven is like, well, I'm Rose Quartz. And Ruby is like, nah, 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 you ain't Rose Quartz. And he's like, listen, I, I, I've, I've got her gem. She's like, nah, that's, that, ain't, that ain't Rose Quartz's gem. I've got her shield. Nah, I... I, I talk like I remember her big fucking sword um, and uh, he's like, well, I don't have the sword, but look, look at me. Uh, he holds up a picture of Rose. He's like, don't don't we look basically exactly like and Ruby's like, nah, fuck you. You tricked me too many times. I do not believe you anymore. Um, they begin to argue once more when they enter an asteroid field. Uh, Ruby is extremely agile, dodging a bunch of asteroids that would almost certainly destroy her. Uh and they get to the other side to celebrate when Ruby gets smacked right in the fucking gym uh, by an asteroid uh, cracking it. 
and uh, begins to float off into space until Steven sort of like throws part of his bubble at her and sucks her into the bubble. Uh, she is corrupted, doesn't want Steven's help initially, uh, but when the, uh, not corrupted, sorry, when she's kind of experiencing the same stuff we saw when Amethyst's gym was cracked. Uh, eventually, uh, Steven wears down, he's like, listen, I can help. Uh, and he licks her eye, to which she freaks the fuck right out like any normal person would uh but is healed it's at this point that ruby realizes that steven is in fact uh rose quartz they have a big laugh about how wild this is and then ruby pulls a fucking knife on him uh she's going to stab the literal fuck out of steven and murder him dead um talking about how she's going to end up being a legend, that uh, ruby took down rose quartz they're going to give her her own pearl and everything um, Steven tries to reason with her to no avail. And then finally, as Ruby goes to stab Steven to death, uh, he like judo throws her into the cold vacuum of space, dissipating his bubble. Uh, then Reed hates his bubble. I don't know what, uh, what's the opposite of dissipate? Reapate? Uh, apparate? Yeah. I don't know. Reapates his bubble. Yep. Uh, and, uh, is sad and alone and floating through space uh, in a horrifying visual. Uh, he is later found by the Crystal Gems in the uh, Roaming Eye ship. Uh, we get a little bit of a kind of like a wordless little musical monologue of everybody so happy to see each other. And then finally, Stephen asks Garnet, uh, did Rose really shatter Pink Diamond? And Garnet's like, yes, she did. Uh, we all had to do things in the war that we didn't want to do, but we had to do them to save Earth. She did it for me, for Pearl, for Amethyst, for everybody who was living on Earth. Um, she explains that um, Rose didn't always do what was best for her, but always did what was best for Earth, even if it meant doing something as terrible as shattering somebody. Uh, the episode ends uh, with Stephen... Uh, coming to like kind of like a sad sort of acceptance of his mother's actions as they head back to Earth. Star wipe the end. <sighs> this is fine. Yeah, this is all good. This is all. This is all fine. It's it's all good <laughs> and normal things that children go through on a daily basis. Yeah, every child re realizes that they're parent committed horrible atrocities during a war yeah and almost dies in multiple different ways uh-huh listen i've um, almost died plenty of times yeah exactly uh man i love the rubies <laughs> the rubies are so good they're all so fucking dumb i love them <laughs> they're they're all such fucking himbos it's true, they really, really are. And I love how just unapologetically gay they all are for Jasper. I mean, yeah. I get it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's hilarious how much of a plot point it is. Oh, the little did, look from Eyeball <laughs> when did, Doc gets to sit Jasper's lap. How did any of this get past the censors? Like, what did they originally pitch that this is what we got? Right? Like, because I know that they, they, they experienced quite a number of pushback about, like, queer themes during the production of the show. And I think it's just, I think it's it's flatly that 
we see it because we're queers. I mean, and, like I guess. what they've said a number of times is that they would pitch stuff thinking it would get not like they would present stuff thinking it would get knocked down and it would get passed because people aren't like queer people aren't looking for the subtext that queer people are used to seeing. Like they're not used to being told stories from like through a queer lens or thinking about queer characters in general. So it just floats over their fucking heads. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. I remember um, a friend of mine, shout outs to Elon. He doesn't listen to this, but um, he's a great guy. Um, he was telling me about how um, there was this bar uh, that he liked to go to. It was a gay sports bar called Hard Tops. And uh, they had really great wings. And uh, he took some of his straight friends there once. And they were like, what's what's this sports bar doing in the, the gay district of San Francisco? And it's like, you know, they're, they've got signs for like cool pitchers and hot catchers and shit like that. It's like mm. so incredibly gay. And it's just, it just completely missed the straight people in the party. And it's like, how? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. I just, it's so bizarre to me. I literally wrote my notes. There's not been a gayer thing to ever exist on television as there is the rubies all pining for Jasper. It's, it's so much. It's so much. Also, Peridot does not like Jasper Amethyst at all. Like, no. <laughs> No, uh, and and her getting like defensive over uh, Lapis is really cute, um, and I think I think these two episodes definitely prove that gems don't breathe, or at the very least they don't need to breathe. No, no, not at all. Yeah, I have like a note about that later. <laughs> like, wait a second. Um, yeah, because like I, I know I know we talked about this, and we were you know it was it was something that. Like, I had been questioning, but this is, like, they're floating, they're not floating in bubble bubbles, they're floating in water bubbles, and then the entirety of the space, everything. Mm-hmm. Nope, we lost the bear. Oh, no, buddy. He's not been doing well. Yeah. Um. Man, uh, the pacing of this episode, I love how, like, they're they're doing their regular sort of lore dump like oh you know pink like we're learning about pink diamond you know mm -hmm. uh and but i like how it just like is very sort of like not casually but like just said as fact like yeah rose quartz shattered pink diamonds yep um also i need you i need you to, to internalize the weird, like, the expression on uh, Pearl's face during this. It's very important later. I'll be honest, I wasn't paying attention to Pearl's expression. Do you have a screenshot? Um, yes, it's actually a expression we've seen Pearl do a number of times before. It's where she, like, kind of, like, looks worried and, like, sort of covers her mouth, that look. Oh, yes, that look. Yeah, this is important. Yes. Hold on to it. Okay. I am holding. Um, but it, it's real good. I don't know. I just like it a whole lot. Yeah. I, I have, uh, 
In my notes, I have, congrats, Steven, your mom is a war criminal. <laughs> uh, now he knows it. We knew it, obviously. Yeah. We, um, we've known this for a while. It really, the thing I like about it is it kind of keeps this, like, they don't paint the gym war as, like, a heroic thing very often. Yeah. Like, it's a thing they had to do. It's a thing that, like, was necessary. But, like, was it, like, the gyms don't talk about it. They don't have a good memory of it because it was a terrible fucking thing for them, too. Um, and, I, like, it really goes back to, like, the end of season one where, like, Greg is like, there's no good wars, kiddo. Because uh, there's no good wars, kiddo. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's possibly justifiable action and... I can, you know, you can sympathize and understand why the gyms did what they did. Uh, but like, like taking violent action comes at a cost, even when it's a justifiable violent action. Yes. Like sometimes you do need to violently resist things, but doing violence is bad for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just a smidge. And I mean, like. The show's been very good about that through Steven's eyes. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, you know, it's it's been good about that. And as far as like, you know, the the gems as we've seen them so far. But, you know, through Steven's eyes with the violence that he's having to enact, especially lately. Mm hmm. It's all coming home to roost. Yeah. Poor fella. The war is escalating. Uh, uh, do you think, so, I'm, I, I believe the look is the correct expression, but, like, do you think Amethyst, they told Amethyst about it? Um. Because obviously Pearl and Garnet knew. Yeah. But I wonder if they told Amethyst, because well, Amethyst does give Steven a concerned look. Yeah, but I mean, like, that could be she doesn't have any skin in this game and she's looking at the person who does being right. worried about Cause, it. Because like, she doesn't have the same sort of look of, like, uh, shame that, like, Pearl yeah. and Garnet do. Though, obviously, I mean, she also wasn't there there. She would have also only heard about it secondhand. Yeah, my my guess is that like Amethyst may have been able to guess that's mm -hmm. what happened because she clearly knows some things about the war, but they also clearly haven't told her everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's probably one of those things that she may have been able to extrapolate that that's what happened based on the things that she's been told because she's not fucking stupid. Right. So, but I doubt they, I doubt they actually told her point blank that that's what happened, especially while Rose was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, the <laughs> I wrote here, like, oh man, I can't believe this is the last episode of Steven Universe. I know, right? <laughs> when the ending comes, like, what a fucking... This is this is the sort of writing you can do when a you know the next episode is going to premiere like 
hold on a second. Let me take a look. When did this episode premiere? Yeah. The ninth. Oh, <laughs> that's great. So this bubble or uh, fucking Back to the Moon comes out one day before Bubble because it was part of a Steven bomb. Uh-huh. Just like fucking ending your episode and giving everybody 24 hours of Steven is adrift in the vacuum of space. Yep. Uh, good shit good shit fucking big swings love it uh and i guess his bubble powers are automatic or instinctual well that would i mean make we've, sense. yeah we've seen him bubble bubble himself just just like reflexively before so it yeah. makes total sense yeah yeah what good is a is an immediate shield if it's not automatic yeah uh, I guess it traps some air in there. So, gems don't have to breathe. How much does Steven have to breathe? Well, here's my thought. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen him use his bubble in in places where there's no breathable atmosphere. And while I'm sure that, like, from a, you know, uh, from like a meta perspective, this is all just like cartoon logic. It's convenient, mm-hmm. whatever. But from a diegetic perspective, it totally makes sense that you know when he creates a bubble, he's able to create his own atmosphere. Yeah, that's fair. Because we've seen him, we've seen him do it in water. We've seen him do it in space now. So, well, didn't they? They they fell into the water from the bubble. Like, he was already bubbled when him and Connie got ended up in the water. I could have sworn we saw him use his bubble underwater uh, another time than that. Mm, we could have. Maybe I'm, I could certainly be not remembering something. I mean, I could be misremembering, too. But mm-hmm. anyway, the point still stands. He Steven creates his own atmosphere. Yeah, probably. Almost certainly. I think he maybe just doesn't have to breathe as much as a normal human does, either. I mean, that's... Probably also true. There's a high likelihood Steven doesn't have to breathe and he just thinks he does. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he's got some kind of ridiculous healing factor. Yes. Uh, so he like much like I don't think you can drown Wolverine. I don't think you can can suffocate Steven Universe. Oh, boy. So <laughs> Steven is Wolverine because they both have a high healing factor. They're mm-hmm. both short and dark haired. Mm hmm. They're both um, the best they are at the things that they do. Wolverine being murder, Steven being hugs. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly correct. So uh, I yeah. do I do have a t-shirt with uh Connie and Steven on it that is a reference to the Days of Future Past cover with Wolverine and uh and Kitty Pride. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but but who's Wolverine or who's Steven Universe's Nightcrawler though? There's not a single person. Amethyst? Yeah. No. No, no. There's that's no swatch, gross. But yeah. Wait, why is that gross? Because Wolverine and Nightcrawler have always had like this weird UST going on. Oh, okay. I guess. Sure. What do you mean, <laughs> I guess? There's there was like this really great piece of cover art where like Wolverine's sitting there like lounging with a beer and like Nightcrawler who is clearly naked is like standing in his doorway. It's like, 
I will let you in on a secret. I don't think of Wolverine fucking anybody, including the people who Wolverine is supposed to be fucking, frankly. Wow. Wolverine anyway. works best for me when he's not in a relationship. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Also, like, everybody Wolverine fucks dies, so yeah, he's got, or like, the turned dick into of a horrible, death. horrible Weapon X monster. Yeah. Dick of death. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Um... Uh, I like but the yeah. framing that the Ruby and Steven end up like at least initially are like framed upside down when it's doing shot reverse shot at each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, just like the way that the the way that they exist in the frame for the first part of the episode, just with the wide shots of the vast expanse of space making them uh, isolated and small is really good. Yeah, Show's gun needs to remind you, Steven will die. Steven's gonna die, guys. Yeah. And, like, you don't get close-up stuff until um, Eyeball is in his bubble. Mm-hmm. So, uh, when they start arguing with each other, we're, I guess we'll just not talk and we'll both die out here. Steven's having a very bad day, buddy. Um, yeah. I like that Steven, like, we're, we're starting to see the stress take its toll on Steven because he's not he's not really able to keep up the, like, I'm going to make friends with this person thing, like, 100% here because he's mm-hmm. very worried and he's very tired and he's having a very bad day because he learned his mom's a war criminal. And also he's going to die. And also he's going to die. Um, but is Ruby really going to die out here? I don't think Ruby's going to die out here. I Um, think she can just exist in space forever. I mean, I think it's probable that she can exist in space forever, but she also has no means of like propelling herself. And we've already seen a little bit stop. Uh, and we've already seen that like small bits of space dust pose a serious threat to her. Yeah. Well, so, they pose a serious threat to everything in space, so. Well, I mean, true, but that she has every reason to suspect that she might die out here because she has no way to steer herself. Space dust could kill her. She could accidentally end up flung into a sun. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, Lapis was able to get from point A to point B, but she had a means of actually propelling herself, even though, like, magic water rings, I don't know how those work in space, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't they just be ice wings at that point, and then unusable, but... Also, there's no... It's not like they would... Like, they seem to just be a projection of levitation powers, not... Yeah. Not actual wings, obviously. Yeah. So... I mean, I I think that her fear that she's going to die out here is very real. That's fair. That's and fair. I think that Steven definitely condemned her to potentially dying out there. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that he was wrong for defending himself, mm-hmm. but holy shit, like he, you know, like it's bad enough that he had to stab Bismuth and poof her, mm-hmm. uh, but... It's an entire other thing to know that you have relegated somebody to, like, being utterly destroyed, potentially. Right. Or f- isolated forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. It's 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 a lot. Mm-hmm. Poor Steven. Uh, 
This segues into the other bullet point I have, which is, Stephen, I beg you, please stop playing the bad guys that you're fucking Rose Quartz. Yeah. Hell, don't even tell good guys you're Rose Quartz. Don't tell anyone you're Rose Quartz. Right? Just be Stephen. Dude, stop. It's never once worked out for you. Yeah. Just, uh, don't, um, don't not even say you do. Mm-hmm. Um. God, the fucking, like, <laughs> they play up a lot of instances of comedy because they realize that if they didn't insert some jokes here, this would be the darkest scene in all of animation of a child about to be stabbed to death. Yeah. Um. But goddamn, is this just like a fucking wildly, uh, wildly bad, like not bad, bad, but like bad for Steven's scene here. Yeah, um, Steven's really bad at telling when people are laughing because they're about to have a mental breakdown and stab him. Yeah, right? Like, there's no... <laughs> like, this, it went from good laughing to bad laughing very, very quickly, and Steven needs to learn yeah. the difference. yeah. God, Jesus. Uh, I love that she's got a knife, though. I love the little knife. The little knife is very cute until Mm -hmm. she tries to use it on Steven. Yeah, I love that. I love when Eyeball goes just like full Joker mode, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, And is a creeper, I guess. Seemed to want lascivious things with that pearl. Yeah, I. That's also upsetting based Mm -hmm. on what little I know of like how pearls are treated and what their place in society is which is basically an iPhone yeah I mean I'm sure that was intentional yeah no I I, I'm sure it is too but just not good Mm -hmm. not good at all eyeball continues to be one of the like like not redeemable bad guys in Steven Universe Oh, so she doesn't die, or uh, or is this the continuation of her not being redeemable? Little bit. I will tell you. I will tell you. You'll be wildly surprised the number of times Eyeball comes back. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel less bad for Steven. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still thought that's what he was doing here. So. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm not saying that the trauma is any less real. It's just I feel less bad because. Okay, you know, he didn't mm-hmm. actually... For fuck's sake, cat! What's he doing? He is, like, clawing at my desk, and oh. it's definitely showing up on my waveform. Sorry. It's fine. I can't hear it on Discord, which means that the noise gate will take it out. Okay. But, um... But, yeah, it's... I feel less bad for him. Still bad but less bad. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I like the talk that he has with Garnet, which kind of hammers home the point of, like, you know, you do, like, you don't, you know, you win wars by doing bad things. Like, yeah. Uh, th- that That is... That is the trade-off on, like, even when the violence is justifiable, violence is still bad for you. 
perpetrating violence is bad. Uh, sometimes you need to do so, and sometimes you feel less bad about it depending on the person that you're doing it against, but still, like, you know, it's not great. <laughs> it still sucks. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, I, I like that Garnet does a good job of justifying why, especially because, like, this is not... This is not Garnet explaining, like, war is, war is hell, kiddo, to the adults watching the cartoon. This is Garnet explaining, like, why Rose would do something so bad that we've determined is extremely bad. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it, like, I think they do a very good job of explaining why you would do things like that. Like, you know, sometimes you do, like, you will commit like, violent acts to protect those who cannot protect themselves. Like, that, you know. And yeah. while it's bad, it is, like, there is a reason why, like, that is a good reason why to do that thing. Yeah. Although, I'm wondering how this supposed shattering goes down, considering that, you know, Rose Quartz is Pink Diamond, somehow. We have not plumbed the depths of Rose Quartz's crimes. We have not even oh, begun. Boy. We are at the mouth of the, the the crime mine for Rose Quartz. We have yet oh, to even boy. descend, August. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you think you don't like Rose now. I mean, I, I definitely think that. I definitely think that I do not care for her one bit. You do not even, you don't even know yet. I do not care for her at yeah. all. There is some interesting stuff. We'll talk about it in like a year when we get there. But there is <laughs> certainly some interesting stuff vis-a-vis -vis when revelations come about and Greg is made aware of them and his attitude about it. Um, that is very interesting. And I think is kind of the point they try to make with Rose a little bit. Like Rose is never... Like, Rose's bad deeds only ever pile up. She did a lot of bad shit. Um, but again, this is a character who we never get a f never get a one-on-one -on -one actual monologue from the character. We do get a conversation with Rose, sort of, next season. Um, but it's not real Rose. It's, it's kind of interesting... I'm taking a class on uh, the death penalty in the Talmud, mm -hmm. and this is a class that's kind of a thought experiment about, like, what ancient rabbis thought the death penalty should look like. Um, and this kind of brings to mind the concept that we covered this past week about atonement and if atonement can happen after death. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, <laughs> our class and, mm -hmm. and myself included, we did not think that atonement can happen after death. No. Um, death, death, you know, now, you know, atonement can happen before death, but if you're not going to actively do the atonement, then uh, death isn't going to do that for you. And I feel like I'm going to think about this frequently when I'm thinking about Rose Quartz and her legacy. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that Rose is atoned. I'm just saying yeah. 
Greg has an interesting perspective as a person who comes in very late into Rose's life. Yeah, no, um, I just meant that that this is probably just that reminded me of the class and that this is a, a subject that I am probably going to be thinking about frequently as we plumb the depths of the Rose war crime mine. No, that's super. It's super interesting. Like, uh, I would also like to hear more of this as we plumb the depths. Sure. I thought about getting a getting like a quote, like getting like a little voice line from Riley and being like, uh, Riley, just uh, just checking in with uh, our reporter on the scene, Riley, uh, um, at the uh, leader of the uh, uh, fuck Rose Quartz Club. Uh, How are we doing? And then Riley's being like, uh, hey, Brian, uh, fuck Rose Quartz. I'm like, thanks, Riley. Cut this out, but you legitimately should see if Riley will give you that sound clip before this episode goes out. Oh, yeah, I probably will. Uh, I've got a week, so. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, these, it's real, like, this was a big revelation at the time, and we're not going to get... I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's going to be season five when we figure out what actually happened with with the, what's going on with this situation fully. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I figured as much. But it is it, it is, as you can imagine, it looms extremely large over the next two seasons. Gee, I wonder why. <clears throat> It's it's real interesting to do th- like this really is like an interesting plot like the Rose Quartz stuff in like Stephen's revelations about his mother's past and how that informs his identity uh, is like some of the best shit that Steven Universe does. Mm-hmm. Like like I was saying in the Bismuth episodes, like then they do so much better when they make these big these big sort of swings when it comes to personal aspects not yeah like they're not great i'm not saying they're not like they don't obviously they have like an ideology and a political stance and like political views that are expressed through the things that they do in the show but they do so much better when they frame that through the personal and not purely ideological Because this works great. Like, these two episodes are fucking bangers. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, just the the absolute fucking guts to, like, do this as your, like, season three finale. This is the season three finale. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, no, good. I, I agree. Yeah. It's... Especially of cartoons at the time that aren't, like, an action... Like, it just feels really... Because, like... I don't know. It just feels... Like, I've watched a few seasons of... The only thing I can compare it to Western animation-wise is, like, uh... Like, an Avatar or something like that. But usually they don't end on such a fucking bummer note for their season. Yeah. Well... Well... I think well, there, there is that one season where it ends with, like, Korra absolutely devastated and without powers. Well, okay, so one season of Avatar, they end with Sokka's girlfriend basically dying and becoming the moon, and 
another season they end with Aang basically dead. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Avatar is maybe less of a, uh, uh, like, The Last Airbender is mm-hmm. less of a good example. Yeah, probably. I don't know quite as much, so. Yeah, but. I can't speak to Korra, but Last Airbender. It's that anime influence. It is, it is. Um, I don't remember enough about Teen Titans to say if they were uh, similar or not. I don't think there's a season that ends on such a down note. Mm-hmm. Um, no, because I don't think Terra, the Terra arc, is is a season finale for Teen Titans. Yeah, I don't think it was. So, um. I did like very much how the reunion scene was silent. Mm-hmm. Um, both because, you know, the reunion scene happened in a place that had obvious atmosphere uh, versus, you know, the vacuum of space where we're not going, you know. Yeah. It, how not, does Ruby talk in space? Are we just going to not? Exactly. We don't care. We don't care. Anymore. We're, like, we're, yeah. But but, you know. That should theoretically have been the silent part, and then the stuff inside the uh, ship with the atmosphere should have sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, potentially unintentional juxtaposition there, but also, you know, it. I like when when shows do things like that, where it makes it seem like this is a private thing. Um. Like, this is something that's just for the characters, not necessarily the audience. You know, that the audience is not necessarily allowed to participate here. Um, Another instance I can think of this is uh, Pacific Rim uh, at the very end when um, Stacker Pentecost is sacrificing himself and he's talking to uh, Mako. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the very end of their conversation, um, you know, they're talking in Japanese and their subtitles... But at the very end, Mako says, I love you, and there's no subtitles for it. The audience isn't allowed to participate in that. Interesting. Okay. Hmm, I had forgotten about that part. It, it always stuck out to me very much as somebody who speaks just enough Japanese to get into trouble with that kind of thing. Um, so, but yeah, if, uh, if you go back and rewatch it. Now, I don't know if, like the closed caption subtitles do the same thing or not. Mm -hmm. But in as far as like just the movie as it was theatrically released, um, it does that. So, (laughs) so I'm reading the uh, cultural references section on bubbled in (laughs) man. They make some big swings here. Um, Oh boy. Particularly these two bullet points of Stephen curling into his shrunken bubble alone is similar to the character Shinji Akari from Evangelion when he is sealed inside of the entry plug alone. Which, Eh? I I mean, people curl into fetal positions when they're scared and alone. That's just what they do. Yeah. This is the big one, though. This is this is just a wild. um, Mm hmm. 
the Love Like You segment is reminiscent of uh, Comme Sombre Todd, uh, Super Todd sequence no, from com, the end. Comme, it's Comme Suser Todd. Yeah, sequence um, from the end of Evangelion. You know, when instrumentality happens and everybody turns into the goo. Yeah. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Cultural yeah. references section of Steven Universe's wiki. Yeah. <laughs> How the fuck are these even remotely related? Yeah. Last yeah, time I checked, I, uh, fucking Pearl does not turn into goo. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm, that, mm, this is this is just deeply uncomfortable if you try to map that onto this situation. So let's not. It do, it just doesn't map plainly. Like this, Steven Universe is not the the first show, even at the time, to do like a reunion that doesn't use words, that just uses visuals to tell tell the scene. Like, god damn it! Not everything is Evangelion, Steven Universe wiki. Yeah. <sighs> also, they said that uh, the beginning might be a reference to uh, gravity, like when Steven's all whipping around. Uh, that's a possibility. I've not seen that movie. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Which movie? Oh, Gravity. The one with Sandra Bullock yeah. in space. Yeah, I can see that. I can, I can see, see that. Yeah, because it came. I it came out in two thousand thirteen. I could definitely see like it's a strong like. It, it probably had a level of influence. I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a um, a direct reference, but it really it, it did a lot to like it did a lot visually when giving people language about like what is to be like in zero g that sort of thing. I wouldn't go so far as to say giving people language about it, but it definitely I, I, was a yeah. it was it was more mainstream mm-hmm. than other things that would have done the same thing around the same time. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually I actually saw that in 3D. Weirdly enough, that would probably be a good not movie in the in theater. 3D. Wait, Not what? in the theater. It was it was uh, using a friend's like three D TV. What a what a weird time when we thought three D TVs were going to be a thing. I know, I know. It was pretty though. Um. Oh, I do like that we are posited the question: of What would happen to Stephen if somebody removed his gym? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a horrifying answer. Uh August, we get uh. to find out. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> it's not good. Gee. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be all candy canes and gumdrops. <laughs> like the rest of this show. Yeah. The show that's definitely never, ve- like, veered into a horror. Yeah. Cat fingers didn't happen. It can't hurt you. Yep. Oh. All right. We got anything else on these two episodes? 
No, I don't think so. Um, I think you mentioned we wanted to delve into uh, Love Like You a little bit more. Yeah. um, Because it's relevant to the end of the season. True. And also, like, I I think I've said this before, uh, but, like, Rebecca Sugar considers it to be Rose's song. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And listening to the lyrics, it's very interesting to, like, play out, especially... It, we, we might re-return to it every time we get some re- Rose revelations, because, like, it's the most yeah. direct, like, this is how Rose feels. Um, yeah. And and honestly, like, listening to it, Rose hates herself almost as much as I hate her. Right? And it's a very interesting dynamic to the character, I feel like. Yeah. Of a person who, like, it makes actions that she takes understandable, not justified, but under, like... It helps add motivation to the things that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good to have motivations. <laughs> yes. That doesn't necessarily 100%. mean those are good motivations or they make the character a good person. Um, but I like to know why my my criminals are criminals. Yes. Uh, but yeah, like it, if you haven't like listened to all of Love, like you just like look it up. It's on YouTube or Spotify or what have you and look at the lyrics because like. That song is, like, a very, like, a very chill, calm song about just how much you fucking hate yourself <laughs> and uh-huh. how you're just smiling your way through it. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Sugar, great at songwriting, frankly. Well, it's not just how much you hate yourself. It's how much you hate yourself and you don't understand how anybody could love you. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that is an important component. Yeah. Uh, to this because it wouldn't it's it's not just about Rose speaking it is Rose directly addressing Greg I feel like Mm -hmm. not just Greg I think all of them like you can apply this same same feeling to like Rose and her feelings toward Pearl Rose and her feelings towards like like um garnet and amethyst like all of the crystal gems in general like uh because rose feel i think just doesn't understand why people would like her and it fuels i think a lot of the lies of like i've got to pretend to be this person that they think i should be that sort of thing as opposed to being myself because why why would anyone like me yeah I don't know. I guess I just assumed that it was Greg specifically because Greg seems to be the person who brings music into her life. Mm, true. Could be. Could be. I just th- I feel it is like just this is Rose's internal monologue when it comes to any interpersonal relationship. No, that that's fair. Um Oh, one thing I got perturbed about, and we'll find out that this is, like, in that uh, video that I mentioned up top, like, he talks about, like, Pearl's unrequited love for 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 Rose. And I, again, I'm going to stand on this hill and be like, I don't think it was unrequited. I don't think it was healthy or good. But I, I do genuinely think that Rose had feelings for Pearl and they were requited at some point and then shit went bad um, because yeah. it was a bad relationship. It was cursed from the beginning, but like, yeah, that doesn't make that they weren't doing an unrequited gay story in Steven Universe. No, like there was they were very clearly in a relationship. Yeah, you can tell that those two definitely had something uh, in the episode um, 
the fusion episode with the flashback. Mm-hmm. And then it's made a lot more explicit um, in some other flashback episodes. Yeah. But yeah, now, that that shit wasn't unrequited. Rose is just shitty. Yeah, Rose is just shitty. Uh, but Rose yeah. is a, is, this is not is the story of the gay girl has a crush on the straight girl, though. Yeah. Rose is just very shitty and claims she's polyamorous, but really she's just using that as an excuse to sleep around. Yeah. Definitely feels a lot like that. On the plus side, we will get a, a good depiction of a big polyamorous relationship later. Oh, good. Yeah. I can't remember the gem's name, but there's this, like, big multi-gem fusion. That's great. Aw, yay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we got one, one hot take on the season from Izzy. Let Steven take a nap. He did get a nap when he was uh, crushingly alone in the, in the vacuum of space, so... It was almost a dirt nap, honestly. Yeah, honestly. Like, get up, Steven. You got more trauma to, trauma to experience. No time for napping. Only trauma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so we're going to take the next month off from Steven Universe, but not off from the show. Uh, next episode, we're going to be watching the Matrix movies. <laughs> We're probably going to just broadly talk about The Matrix next time, because we're getting, August and I are going to watch four movies, yeah, and I'm, there's no way we're going to talk about them yeah. as in-depth as we did Evangelion. Yeah, no, I'm not taking that level of notes. Do you want to Do you want to watch The Animatrix as well? Uh, Brian, I'm already going to be struggling to watch four Matrix movies. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to watch The Animatrix 2. Fair, fair. And, like, I understand that it it feeds directly into Reloaded and Revolution. Only one only one does. Flight of the Osiris. Okay. So if you want to watch that one. I I'm gonna be struggling as it mm-hmm. is. No I'm not gonna commit to that. Um although honestly if people wanna hear people talk about the Animatrix, uh Waypoint Radio just dropped a really great episode about it. So it's tr- truly really good. Um and Animatrix is a fucking phenomenal thing. Yeah. Certainly not saying Animatrix is uh, not important or if that it's bad by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but, four um, movies is going to be a lot to begin yeah. with. So Yeah, so if you want to hear people talk about Animatrix, it's episode 448 of Waypoint Radio. You should listen to Waypoint Radio anyway. And then after that, we're going to be watching the movie Adolescence of Utena. Yep. Um, I, bel- I don't know where it's available at. Funimation. Funimation? Okay. You can watch it with yeah. ads on Funimation, right? I believe so, yes. Okay. So 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 go there, watch it, or steal it. I don't care. Um, I'm not your dad. <laughs> uh, and if I was, I would encourage you to steal more often anyways. Shit. Good yeah, job, well. kiddo. Um, <laughs> uh, teach your kids how to shoplift. It's an important skill. Just not from mom and pop joints. No, no, no. Steal. Th- it's a lot easier to steal from bigger places, too. They just don't care as much. Yeah. Um. I wouldn't. I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> uh. 
but yeah, that then we'll be coming back with season four, uh, trying to line up some cool guests for season four. Um, might try and get Riley back on here because I think there's an episode in season four that's very Rose heavy. I might try and get Riley back on for that episode. Hell yeah. Um, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Ro- like the Rose Quartz Hater Club. Uh, I'm I am vaguely also in that case. I recognize that Rose Quartz is a terrible person, but I just love watching her. Like, I... I love war criminals too much fascinated by them it would seem yeah uh check out our other shows you know them yep Uh, dumb kids is approaching its season two finale yep but i think even by the time you're listening to this we're still like a month and a half away from that we've got so many episodes backlogged on that jesus i don't know how we did that (laughs) Uh, Sierra's Folly mostly I think yeah that's true because we recorded through that being released yep Um, the the room where finale is is happening currently as you're listening to this oh no it's not actually we're going to be taking the week that you listen to this off so next week starts the last four episodes of of, uh, of the bleed Oh shit! Four ish. I don't know how long we're going to record. So, um, yeah. Um, currently we're in the middle of uh, a really cool arc on Follow the Leader. We played Dungeon Bitches with uh, the creator of the game. Uh, it's rad as hell. Um, very very gay. Um, that's all I've got. Yeah, that's all I've got. Uh, I get it's the we. I guess we should do it again. It is the season finale. So it is. Yeah, so we do it together. Yes, we do. <laughs> we only we only do this once a season because it's hell on earth till line. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. All right. Go to time. Is. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Hang on. <laughs> this is the only I never way that we can time. Do this. Is with you. I know, right? This is the only time we do time.is on this show. Yeah. All right. Do it at 15. Yes. Okay. Be like like Cookie cookie Cat and and leave leave your your family family behind. behind. Peace. Peace.